will begin with a reign of terror. A few murders here and there. Murders of great men, murders of little men. Just to show we make no distinction. To be walking up the stairs with a camera bag that belonged to a young woman that had her severed head in it. I would move heaven, hell, and anything in between to get to you. You wouldn't be safe anywhere if I was mad at you. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I guess not. Only word was shot and left. <laughs> if it was a horrendous crime, why didn't I shoot them between the eyes, cut their penis off, stick it in their mouth, you know, do all kinds of gross stuff. Only word was shot and left, you know? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Strange Talk Podcast. I want to apologize. Um, I'm a little under the weather. Currently, I'm actually kind of sick. I have a little bit of the sniffles and everything, uh, so I apologize. But um, yeah, so firstly, I apologize mostly because I just had to take a mental break, I guess. Just kind of had to just recharge, you know, busy working and... and uh, so I was supposed to release an episode of a true crime this week in crime, I mean. And then I had to um, do the Herbert Mullen case. And I was just, I was just tired, I guess. So I just kind of wanted to take a little mental break, I guess, if you will. But yeah, so today's episode is going to be all about Herbert Mullen. Um, Herbert Merlin was a serial killer who, uh, the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because of the, just the strange, weird reason why he wanted to murder or why he had to kill the people that he had to kill. And it's a very interesting case. So let's get into it. Herbert Mullen was born in Salinas, California on April 18th, 1947, but moved to a farming community outside San Francisco when he was five. His father, Martin William Bill Mullen, was a World War II hero who worked as a furniture salesman and taught him how to use a gun and told him war stories. He was very strict, though not abusive. The family later moved to Felton in Santa Cruz County, where Herbert attended high school. Surprisingly, he was popular and had several friends, a girlfriend, and played varsity football. He was also ironically voted as most likely to succeed. After graduating in 1965, he went to college and studied engineering and considered following in his father's footsteps by joining the military. The turning point of his otherwise normal life came around this time when his best friend, Dean Richardson, was killed in a car accident. His behavior changed entirely and he started building shrines dedicated to him. Spending several hours at a time alone at them and became obsessed with the concept of reincarnation. He later came to believe that his friend's demise had been part of some grand cosmic plan. He changed his college major from engineering to philosophy and took up independent studies of Eastern religions. In 1968, Mullen broke up with his girlfriend after voicing his suspicions that he was gay. The next year, he allowed his family to commit him to the Mendocino State Hospital, but he left shortly afterward. He spent the following years drifting in California working small-time jobs and spending short periods of time 
in various mental institutions. He did a brief stint as a boxer, but had to be forcibly removed from the ring when he wouldn't stop beating his opponent. He practiced different kinds of alternative lifestyle activities such as yoga, meditation, and microbiotic diets, and attempted to join a priesthood. Herbert Mullen believed in the legalization of LSD and marijuana and used both drugs as well as a methamphetamine. However, he was also vocally ultra-conservative. In court, he said that he was bi-everything, bisexual, bi-political, bicultural, and bi-spiritual. He also falsely claimed to be biracial. He was evicted from one of his apartments for pounding the floor and shouting at people he imagined were there. On January 15th of 1973, Herbert Mullen tried to enlist in the U.S. Marine Corps. Though he passed the physical and psychiatric exams, he was rejected when his pretty extensive record of arrest and bizarre behavior was discovered. He believed this to be another part of a big conspiracy against him, and later claimed that he never would have became a serial killer if he had been accepted. In November the previous year, he had also applied for the Coast Guard but failed the psychiatric exam. Over time, Herbert Mullen began suffering from schizophrenic delusions. See, he began hearing voices. Supposedly, most of the voices that he heard was of his father that told him often to kill and even harm himself by burning his body with cigarettes. In October of 1972, he finally snapped and bludgeoned a hitchhiking homeless man, Lawrence White, to death with a baseball bat. Less than two weeks later, he picked up another hitchhiking person, a woman named Mary Goldfolk, and killed her inside the car, dumped her body in the woods by the roadside, and dissected her, and hanged her intestines in tree branches and examined them for pollution. Her remains weren't found for several months, and when they finally were discovered, her murder was initially believed to be the work of Edmund Kemper, who, if you know who Edmund Kemper is. If you don't, he is the co-ed killer. He was another serial killer who was active in Santa Cruz at the same time as Herbert Mullen. Four days after killing Goldful, on All Souls Day, Herbert Mullen went to St. Mary's Catholic Church and made a confession to a priest. Father Henry Tomei, thinking he offered himself as a sacrifice, Herbert Mullen stabbed him to death and fled the scene. After being rejected by the U.S. Marine Corps and quitting taking drugs, his delusions became worse and he decided to kill Jim Ganera, whom he knew from high school and used to buy marijuana from. I'm laughing because he basically killed his pot dealer. <laughs> I know it's terrible because the person died, but it's just funny to me. He felt that because he had sold him drugs that he had, a twisted, he had twisted his mind. So Herbert Mullen felt like, hey, you're the one that gave me these drugs. So you're responsible for my psychosis. You're responsible for me finally snapping. But that is a thing that they have said that like, if you have a psychosis and you never were medically diagnosed that you have a psychosis, that if you do engage in like cannabis or, uh, you know, like uh, psychedelic drugs like LSD, they say supposedly that if you do do those uh, drugs that you can develop a, a psychosis or it could actually exacerbate 
a psychosis that you may already have, but you just were never medically diagnosed. So he killed his pot dealer, essentially, Herbert Mullen, and he was to blame for how troubled his life was. So that's why he murdered him. On January 25th of 1973, he went to the last address he knew Gynera had lived, a cabin near the Mystery Spot, a tourist attraction in Santa Cruz. When he found that the cabin had another resident, a woman named Kathy Frances and her two sons, he got Gynera's new address from her. During that night, Herbert Mullen went to the Gynera's home on West Avenue and killed him and his wife, and at some point, killed Frances and her sons. So he killed that lady that was staying at the cabin, the last spot that Herbert Mullen remembered Gennaro was at. Exactly in what order the murders occurred is uncertain, though an FBI profile asserted that Mullen killed the Francis's just after talking to the mother and then killed the Gennaro's. Because both Jim Gennaro and Kathy Francis's husband, Bob Francis, were drug dealers, the police thought the murders were drug-related, and that's kind of why Herbert Mullen was able to slip under the radar for so long and not be convicted of their murders, because you know the police investigating the homicides just figured oh it was probably just drug related you know killings that's why herbert mullen was never considered a suspect less than two weeks later mullen saw four teenage boys camping in henry cowell redwood state park and approached them posing as a park ranger he told them to leave claiming that they were polluting the forest when they dismissed him he pulled out a gun and shot them one by one later stating that he had asked them telepathically if he could kill them and that they all had given him permission. Okay, if you didn't understand that, Herbert Mullen killed them and when he was finally found and he was finally convicted of these and he was questioned by the police why he did it, he claimed that he telepathically were speaking to them in their mind, in his mind and in their mind. And they, he asked them, like, is it okay for me to kill you and shoot you? And they, he claims that he heard them say, yeah, it's fine, go ahead, kill me. <laughs> and so that's why he did it. A week later, on February 13th, he used a rifle taken from the campsite to shoot and kill a man named Fred Perez. When a witness called for help, a police officer arrested Mullen, who didn't put up any resistance at all. At the police station... Mullen was completely uncooperative, shouting silence as a response to every single question. <laughs> when Edmund Kemper was arrested, he and Mullen were briefly held in adjoining cells where Kemper accused him of stealing his dump sites. So in like some weird fucking like coincidence, these two serial killers that are kind of most infamously known we're kind of just hanging out in this in adjoining cells and they're kind of talking to each other if it were like the marvel cinematic universe this would be like the cool cameo secret easter egg scene at the end of the fucking credits so he was charged with six counts of murder when evidence was found in his apartment and for more accounts those of the campers were added when their bodies were discovered on february 17th and he soon confessed to the first three murders though he was not charged with them a big issue during the trial was establishing whether or not he was eligible for the insanity plea. It was argued that his murders of the Gennaros and the Francises had some degree of premeditation. In the end, Molin was found guilty of eight counts of second degree murder, meaning he hadn't planned them in advance, so they weren't premeditated. They couldn't, the court 
couldn't prove that he wanted to kill these people. And two counts of first-degree murder, those of Kathy Francis and Jim Ganera, and sentenced to life imprisonment. He served his sentence at the Mole Creek Stake Prison in Lone, California, and wasn't eligible for parole until 2021, when he would be 74 years old. Herbert Mullen was also noted to have had interactions with Kemper. Kemper performed what he called behavior modification treatment on Herbert Mullen by giving him peanuts whenever Mullen was good. He sometimes bothered other prisoners by singing, so Kemper splashed water on him. Mullen died in prison on August 18th, 2022, and he was age 75, and he died from natural causes. So Herbert Mullen targeted random people of both genders and various ages and races. He killed them in different ways, mostly by shooting them with two 22 caliber guns. The actual gun he used was a ROM RG-14 revolver, or an unspecified model rifle, but also by stabbing and bludgeoning. Sometimes he knew the victims personally. Initially, he only killed one victim at a time, but later started killing whole groups of people. So, now you're probably wondering, why did he choose to kill these people? I mentioned the killings, and sure, you kind of got a little bit of a degree of why, but this is the reason why he chose to kill the people, and the reason why he chose to kill them. Mullen had a fixation with earthquakes and believed that his birthday on April 18th had some significance because it is the anniversary of the 1906 San Francisco earthquake and also the anniversary and the death of Albert Einstein. On the witness stand, he asserted that he had been chosen as the designated leader of his generation. He believed that many killings in North Vietnam during the Vietnam War had acted as a kind of sacrifices, preventing earthquakes, and that his own killings had the same effect on California, where earthquakes of various intensities are frequent, and that as the leader, it was his duty to ensure that enough people died to prevent natural disasters. Prior to that, he had considered relocating to Canada in order to avoid them. He also came to believe that everything about his life had been part of a big conspiracy. He believed that his parents had been killjoy recreationalists, who believed that their next lives would be more enjoyable if they made those of others miserable, and that his rejections by the US military had been part of the conspiracy, as had his parents. So he was a schizophrenic person, and the reason why he chose to kill those people is because he believed that their death was a sacrifice, that he was chosen by some, whether it be God or by some deity, he was chosen to kill those people so he could prevent California and uh, from experiencing a very massive earthquake. And so that's why those people had to die. And so that's why I wanted to choose Herbert Mullen. So that's going to be it for this episode of Strange Talk Podcast, Herbert Mullen. And yeah, so that's why I chose to do this episode because he thought or he believed because of his schizophrenia his schizophrenia mind gave him the delusion that he had to murder the people he murdered in order to prevent an earthquake or a catastrophic earthquake in California from happening. And that's what he believed. He believed he was killing these people because they were a sacrifice to be made in order to prevent a catastrophic earthquake from happening. 
And it's funny enough because that I I don't know if you're familiar with M Night Shyamalan. I'm pretty sure you guys are. You guys should fucking know who M Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong is. But he uh, made a movie based off of a book, based off of who I believe it, the author never came out and said, "Look, oh yeah, that that dude was my inspiration." But there is a book called A Knock at the Cabin or A Knock in the Woods or some shit like that. But it's also a movie that came out too. It's the premise of the movie seems interesting, but it's it's loosely or I believe it's loosely based on Herbert Mullen because not to give it away. So I'm spoiling it. If you don't want to hear it, just fast forward. But in the movie, there is a, a couple who have a daughter and they in the book and movie and they are in a cabin for the woods on vacation and they get a knock at the door and it's three people that come up to them they're strangers and they tell them that they need to kill their daughter or their child because if they don't a catastrophic earthquake will happen and kill hundreds if not the whole world destroy the whole world it will kill thousands and hundreds and millions of people and so that's the premise of the movie and so i believe that that author kind of took herbert mullen's story and kind of went with it so yeah i haven't seen it yet so i don't know if it's good but if you do happen to watch it let me know but yeah so that's going to be it for this episode of strange talk podcast thank you guys for listening to this episode uh support the show by following me following me at instagram at strange talk podcast uh you can send me things send me ideas or news articles for to be featured in this week in crime this week in crime if you don't know is where i choose strange or weird or fucked up news from right here around the world or just right here in good old america and so uh also if you want to support the show uh do you can do so by following me on instagram at strange talk podcast again or by just spreading the word of like if you enjoy the episodes and you enjoy what i do feel free to tell your friends family neighbors co-workers doesn't fucking matter just anybody and let them know like hey check this guy out he's actually kind of decent or he's fucking horrible but yeah thank you for listening to this episode and i uh, sorry i didn't release two episodes i know i just wanted to take a mental block i mean mental i just wanted to take a mental reset and kind of just recharge busy with work uh and everything now that i'm working again so uh i'm gonna try not to let it get bad where i don't fucking release episodes for like two or three years i think it was the last time so please don't think that that's gonna happen again i'm trying to do my best to like keep up with putting out episodes because i know you guys enjoy this and uh, i do want to keep doing it for as long as i can you know until i die maybe or if i just end it all but either ways Thanks for listening to this episode, and as always, stay strange. Thank you for listening. I love you. Bye-bye.